Hello and welcome to Disc Dandies, a podcast where each episode two friends share a recommendation with one another. We talk about what we liked, what we would change, and try not to judge each other too much over our bad tastes. This episode, we talk about relationships. But a disclaimer, do not take relationship advice from a disc dandy. Ever. hate to inform you but you just lied to uh, to all of our all of our fans the disc game or the dandy dogs uh, all of them uh it's actually three friends here um i've got uh, i've got my cat atticus here in my lap uh, because he's being a bit of a butt when we're trying to re- uh, trying to record oh yes uh, he, he well he knows his face is on the cover of our podcast and he's trying to be present he's, he's <sighs> doing his job as mascot you're right i i think that um uh he could definitely be considered the first dandy dog uh even though i don't think he wants to be considered a dog but uh, yeah so thanks for lying to our audience i think it's a great start to this episode yeah uh considering that lying does not share any themes in this game I, or at least i don't think unless i didn't pick up on it yeah i i, I had to make up for that on my end of things <laughs> yeah for sure well hey it feels good to be back it has been a little bit but we're back we're locked cocked and ready to rock and i am super excited um to to get into our discussion today yeah we we spent a little bit of time away from the podcast mostly uh just you know exploring the wastes of shadow moses uh that that whole nine yards <laughs> very very high profile very secret hush hush stuff from the disc Andes. Yeah, yeah. In addition, we got stuck in a the, like the world's longest uh, Dungeons and Dragons session. Like it was multiple hundreds of hours, and we just couldn't escape. Yeah, uh, uh, we titled the campaign "Life." <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, but to kick us off more formally, I do have a question uh, to ask you. Uh, sure, pop it for me, baby. So um, a bit of a spoiler, but we are talking about mobile game today. And uh, I got to be honest, I haven't done a lot of uh, mobile gaming in my life. Uh, I've never been one to have a super nice, like uh, top of the line phone. Um, So I'm a little uh, behind the times on mobile gaming. So I wanted to ask you, um, how much mobile gaming have you done in your life? And do you have a top favorite mobile game that you like always go back to or that you have very fond memories of? Yeah, this is a good question. Uh, I actually, so I, I whenever the uh, whole discourse over mobile games was like you know forefront in like the gaming scene, you know people were worried that mobile gaming was going to kill console gaming, um, the same way that you know PC gaming was supposed to kill console gaming and vice versa, all that stuff. Um, I, I was actually on the side of like, hey, no, mobile games are actually pretty cool. Um, mostly, like there, there are a bunch of like you know not great games that kind of get pumped out just for like ad shares and stuff but there are games like uh you know formerly i would have said sword and sorcery but then like you know games like florence and monument valley and you know some other like really cool games like uh like badlands that um were like pretty cool they basically took advantage of being like small games on a touch device mm-hmm. and uh i think that it's a a a good style of gaming to have i would say though if i had to name one favorite mobile game that i've had it, it, it i mean it, this is going to be very cliche but it's just hearthstone it's a oh. it's a really damn good mobile game 
For sure, yeah. Har- I mean, Hearthstone, you know, super popular. Um, ever, you know, anyone who's super into to card games knows it. Um, I've actually, um, I ha- I don't really play Hearthstone much anymore, but when I did, I did try out the mobile version. I have to say, it was a very um, faithful and um, uh, great port of the game. They did a really great job with it. Yeah, and you'd have some people argue that it's the way to play. Um, I like like mostly just people it would mostly be casual players because your pro community is mostly on PC but like casual players really love the like mo- the mobile approach it's it, like it's so faithful and it plays really well and you know that it, it's well optimized which is something that you will see most mobile games that are like big um, and like heavily produced that they, they will like you know burn a hole in your pocket type of thing yeah yeah it helps that uh Hearthstone was clearly meant with mobile or was clearly designed with mobile in mind. Like it didn't start out on mobile, but you could tell they were thinking about it during the ground up design of the game. And that really helps. Yeah. Um, I do have some other mobile recommendations, but I honestly, a lot of them might end up as exhortations because they're short, they're sweet. And a lot of them are like, they're like little experimentations. And I think they make for a good conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. You got to keep your powder dry, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, like I said, I, I've really not gotten into mobile gaming at all. Um, I mostly just look at Reddit on my phone. I'm still using that same Reddit uh, app that I downloaded 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I do on my phone. But there is one game that I've played recently that I've really gotten into and beat all the way through. And it's a Boomer Simulator. Have you <laughs> heard of this? <laughs> I haven't, no. You are, it, it's literally the Boomer and the um, Zoomer, um, like Wojak memes, you know, so the um, uh, Zoomer has like the um, Macklemore haircut and is like flossing uh, like in Fortnite. <laughs> and you're the Boomer driving a uh, riding lawnmower and it's almost styled like Doom. Um, you, you're you riding the lawnmower and you're trying to like cut the grass and you're also trying to hit the Zoomer that's flossing and you're not supposed to hit the fence or any rocks or trees. Um, so it's like you have to like navigate and uh you know cut the grass hit the zoomer and then get back into the garage before like before you hit anything and it's actually it's really fun it, it sounds hilarious at the very least and it's made all the more funny by the fact that you know zoomers and millennials can't afford riding lawnmowers <laughs> they can barely uh um they can barely afford these top of the line phones that you need to to play like the really nice mobile games these days oh no don't you know it's avocado toast and mobile phones that are suppressing your generation Okay, here is my um, here's my conspiracy theory. Here's my, here's my gut shot for this episode. I don't think that avocado toast existed as a thing that people like ate and w- could order in a restaurant until that one article came out. Uh, you know, uh, lampshading it. I think that that person invented the the dish, and then everyone picked up on it because of the meme. Yeah, we were all like, "Hey, that's a really good cheap idea. We're we're gonna do that." <laughs> exactly exactly i i don't have any proof uh you know so i but that that's just my my thought on it but uh yeah it, it, do you so i i'm looking forward to trying out some of these mobile games uh hopefully uh you'll um uh suggest some to me uh, over the course of this podcast and i can really dive deep into mobile gaming yeah well on that note we're going to be talking about a like as we'll establish a mobile game this episode florence so you ready to get into that yeah absolutely well, we'll hold your horses, actually, ah, because ah. I have something I want to talk about. Sure. I want to talk about the Disdandies YouTube channel. All right. If, you, if you've made it this far, we would really like it if you could hop onto our YouTube channel, subscribe. Those numbers matter. If you're listening, uh, give, it, give us a like, hit the bell icon. Everyone knows what those things do. 
But most importantly, uh, leave a comment. This is something we have always asked for even before we started this little like YouTube pitch. We really want feedback. The show is a it's always been posited as a conversation and like a, like a, a discussion among friends about things we're passionate about. So if you're listening on uh, on, uh, you know, like a podcast app or on YouTube, please comment back. Tell us what you think about the topic. Get involved. It, 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 all, it all adds to the quality of the show. Please tell us how wrong we are. I, I thrive on it. Yeah, I mean, we, we know how wrong we are, but we really want you to drive it home for us. My favorite thing is when we get those random comments on our uh, videos or um, you know on Twitter or something like that. So if you want to make our day, that is the number one way to do it. And subscribing. I, I, like, I like seeing the number go up. But yes, uh, YouTube, great place to check us out. All right. With all that said, Florence. Yes. As you said during our last episode, I mean, you hadn't even really heard of the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you have any impressions going into this just based off of like the app uh, download alone? Um, to be honest, I was trying to keep as open mind as possible. Um, you'd mentioned that was really more of a narrative, um, focus, uh, you know, with the little mini game. So I wasn't expecting it to be some sort of like, you know, me being glued uh, to the screen. I figured it would be, you know, kind of, uh, a bit of a, a lazy is not the right term, but you know, um, like a passive low, experience passive experience and and, and it, it really was um so i i had a bit of a roller coaster in terms of how much i was enjoying this game moment to moment um at the beginning it was not slog uh i kind of had to push through a little bit at the beginning uh, i was a little put off by the kind of twee art style um and uh you know the lack of kind of dialogue and a lot of detail about what was going on but um i i did eventually start getting uh, in, uh, you know like invested in what was going on uh, and i really walked away at the end of the game feeling really great about it so yeah i i'm glad that i stuck through it and uh, i i ended up with a, a positive impression of this game yeah yeah as we're going to be discussing here in a little bit i really enjoyed this game when i first played it and i enjoyed it again our second time around um like i just as like a broad like overview for this game i you know there are very criticizable elements to this game um but i think the things that do work are what makes it notable which we're gonna get to here in a little bit but um i guess just kind of give it a little bit of background uh this was a game published by annapurna interactive which at this point has kind of made themselves as a publisher known as like the the publisher with a good eye they publish a lot of really solid um, weird kind of indie driven games, Th- things that wouldn't have gotten, it's like seen the light of day otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've published, uh, oh, like for one, they did like what remains of be Finch. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, I, I didn't, I did, I did not catch that. Yes. Yeah. And they, and they publish a lot of like different mobile games and, uh, I believe they were involved and it takes two, I'd have to double check that I could be wrong. So if I am wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, but they, they are involved in a lot of like weird off the wall indie games. I am not surprised to hear that, actually, because I was thinking about Edith Finch um, a little bit while playing this game. So I'm not surprised at all to um, uh, uh, see a thread uh, connecting the two. Yes, yeah. Annapurna Interactive in general, whenever you see their like stamp on a game, you know that they, you kind of get an idea of what that game's going to be. Like I said, they have a very good eye. They, they pick some really solid projects. With that said... This game was directed by Ken Wong, who was the creator of Monument Valley, another this is Monument Valley is a very critically acclaimed mobile game. It's arguably one of the most well-received mobile games ever put out. And this is his follow-up to that before he went into Monument Valley 2. 
And uh, so th- there was whenever Florence was announced, I remember there being it, it, like it, there being kind of like a like a swell and people being excited about it. So there was a lot of eyes on this game when it came out as far as mobile gamers are concerned. I have never heard of Monument Valley. I know nothing about it. What, what Like just real quickly, what type of game is this? It is a puzzle game. It uses perspective. You have these kind of like uh, like these like weird uh, MC Escher esque environments, and you're moving a small girl through them. And as you rotate the screen, it changes how parts of the the environment connect to each other. And you have to kind of help her navigate around that world. And it's very good, very very beautiful game. Yeah, that seems that seems interesting. So Florence in particular was at the top of my mind uh, going like as I kind of alluded to on a previous episode where I was like interested in seeing more games about romance. This kind of just fits the bill, um, though, a little bit indirectly, because as we're going to get to here in a little bit in our story, this isn't so much about like romance as it is about a breakup and what that leads to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it's a game more about this relationship than it is about like, um, like love, I guess this is kind of what I was getting at whenever I said, I want to like see more games that are like a little bit more grounded, a little bit more focused on like, like our relationships with people and stuff. Maybe it's like COVID like post COVID influenced or something like that. But, um, I I think this really like kind of hit the the nail on the head for me in terms of what, and I was what I was wanting to play and replaying it, it. It scratched that itch for me. I can absolutely see that, you know, if you're somebody that, you know, for given the current situation, if you're somebody that finds yourself, uh, you know, missing the uh, company and uh, interaction with others, I could see where a game like this, uh, Florence, would uh, would scratch that itch. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, good to have stuff like this available. Yeah, okay. And so and just to kind of give us a like a brief overview of the story, because honestly, there's not there's not really much to go over. It's a, it's a very short game and the beginning, middle and end are pretty easily summarized. Uh, and I guess just at this point, we're going to go ahead and, you know, disclaimer spoilers, definitely spoilers here. There's, it is a very short game. You can probably finish it in like 40 minutes Mm -hmm. or so. Um, in fact, I think like the time to beat, whenever I looked at it, it was like 45, 48 minutes. If you wanted to do absolutely everything, which there isn't many side things, if any at all. Um, so like you could sit down in an hour before this podcast, play it, uh, and then, you know, listen. So please do so. We should look into what like the speed running records are for this game. I bet you could beat this game in like 10, 15 minutes uh, <laughs> speed running. If you really wanted to, you had the games memorized, like which one was coming next. So you can immediately be like brushing the teeth as soon as the uh, toothbrush shows up. Yeah. 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 Just to kind of cover the story though, it revolves around the, uh, a girl or a woman, I guess, uh, her name is Florence name of the game. Uh, she's a disheartened office worker who finds romance with a young cellist named Krish. Story is told through visuals, the music in the game, and the mini games that are in the game. There aren't many big bullet points that happen in the story. It's a it's a meeting, a I guess kind of a falling out, a breakup, and then what takes place afterwards. This is the ultimate show don't tell game. Because yes. this game does not tell you anything. There, There is tiny, tiny bits of uh, dialogue, mostly with the mother. Um, I think when Florence like speaks to her mother over the phone, sometimes you get uh, tiny bits of dialogue. But this game doesn't tell you anything. Um, you know, Sometimes that really works, and sometimes I think it's a bit of a detriment. Um, but you are exploring her story through seeing her life uh, you know, through, through her eyes. 
and the the mini game yeah and the mini games um help illustrate the life that she's living the actions that she's doing what's happening to her yeah and before we like go into the 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 gameplay itself because i think that's probably going to end up being the i I guess like the most like controversial portion of this discussion i kind of want to like touch on the themes that this game is tackling because it's a it's kind of hard to like uh despite it being really short it's kind of hard to like label it It, it, it's a game about a relationship but what genre would it would you say it fits into uh in terms of the narrative or the game as a whole Uh, let's do both just hit both um this is uh, is and i struggled with this because um you know and this is just getting into spoiler territory um you know she kind of is in a bit of a rut you know at the beginning of the game uh she doesn't um you know, she's kind of just trying to figure out what she wants to do. She meets Krish, uh, and you know they have this, uh, you know, whirlwind romance. You know, they they live together. Uh, you know, they move in, live together, and I think they're together for about like what a year and a half, two years, something like that. I mean, yeah. that's a significant relationship. Yeah, we we can't we don't really have too much to say about Florence and Krish. We're kind of we're given their passions and their place in the world, but the it's more like we kind of get snapshots of their emotions than we do about their actual characterization. They're a part of a greater whole, which is what like, which is the message that the game is trying to like push forward. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're in a relationship for like two years. Um, some sort of falling out happens. Um, we start to see cracks in their relationship and they eventually drift apart. Uh, they break up. Uh, and then after that, uh, Florence, um, you know, through, through the help of a gift that she got from Chris uh, in the middle of the story, um, you know, kind of um, refocuses on her art, really, you know, takes that uh, forward, starts finding success uh, and starts, you know, kind of not rebuilding her life, but you know, building a life for herself based on what she, you know, the experiences uh, of that relationship and just like growing as a person. It, it's almost like there's two stories being told. Um, you know, it's, it, is this about the relationship or is this about the growth of Florence herself? Um, and I think there's a bit, a bit of a dichotomy there that uh, wasn't really bridged uh, due to what I think is kind of the stripped down, no, uh, almost no details, um, you know, uh, told to you um, storytelling. So, so there, uh, th- those are two kind of um, uh, themes that are almost kind of conflicting a little bit. Yeah, and and so how I bridged those themes, I wouldn't say I, I think I agree with you that they do kind of rub up against each other because you're trying to like it. I think it leaves a little bit up to interpretation towards the end that maybe like it could have been a little bit more guided through another mini game or something like that. But I think the bottom line was that this relationship was a foundational block for her. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the relationship didn't work out, uh, I think what really like resonated with me in the end is that it was still important and she still, she, she still grew from it. And I guess uh, like a scene that like really like made me sad was like uh, there was a uh, a part in the game I think it was like Christmas or something like that maybe it was a date uh, I can't remember exactly but Chris got her an art set uh, trying to like kind of you know encourage her to go back and pursue her passions in the art world and stuff and um, we after we kind of see them have their falling out we kind of see it unopened on her desk at work uh, like she hasn't like really pursued it since she got it since he got it for her. And I think part of that situation was that she just wasn't, she hadn't yet grown to the point where she was ready to pursue that again. Mm. And, um, she, she wasn't, she wasn't ready to like embrace that part of things. And I think like her relationship with Chris is what kind of like pushed her to do so in the end. 
yeah yeah that's that's definitely a, a great way to um to look at that um yeah the ending uh where we see florence uh you know flourishing uh so to speak you know uh, living living a life that she's happy with uh you know uh do, doing the art thing you know the the final scene is her looking out of a you know a sunny window smiling with like art uh, you know stuff behind her um you know it, it, the ending was very emotionally impactful um for me but um yeah, it, it it is a little fractured there. Um, you know, a major theme would be that you know she's thankful for the la- relationship because it was a stepping stone mm-hmm. uh, to where she ended up at the end. You know, and that's really highlighted by the fact that she finds the um the photo um, when she was leaving her job and she decides to keep it, uh, even though at, at some point at the during the breakup she was like throwing things away. Um, and, and the fact that you know she starts the art you know back up with uh, with the gift that Chris got her. That's like a pivotal moment, and uh, when I kind. Of which was a bit more highlighted uh in the game uh you know kind of as like a thesis statement like hey this is important uh, you know you you kind of have to think about it uh, you kind of have to realize that that's an important point yourself but um i really wish there was more detail and dialogue to kind of explain that was kind of the point that they were going for because the narrative if, if you're kind of only paying attention to a certain part of it it really implies that like krish was like holding her back in some way you know like, yeah you really need to like um think about the fact that um you know that it, it it was more of a stepping stone and that she was able to become that person because of that relationship instead of you know uh, what the what the narrative kind of implies that she wasn't able to do that because of krish um so yeah yeah just needed more of a like a like a stronger like thesis statement like hey this is what we're trying to say uh with this game but overall i do think they did a, a pretty good job and the ending again was very emotionally impactful for me yeah and i think this is definitely like a game for someone who is wanting to kind of like because like we said we can beat this game pretty quickly but i think you want to kind of take your time through it and think about what's happening in each of these scenes um because i I think that's where you get most of the reward uh like like for me whenever i think about the beats in this game i one thing that i landed on was like why was krish upset um whenever they're having their falling out we see him uh playing his music like in a school that you know he he had wanted to go to but i guess just never mustered up the willpower or courage or whichever else to like you know like focus and go back and florence kind of encouraged him to do so but whenever Mm -hmm. we get to the falling out portion of the game he is very disgruntled and we don't really know why Uh, a lot of that is left up to our own inferences and for me i actually think that part of it is his relationship with Florence and he, cause he was growing in that relationship. I feel like where for her, which was kind of bullet pointed by her, you know, kind of sticking uh, her art set uh, like in the pile of like, you know, paperwork and stuff like that. And just kind of forgetting about it. She wasn't pursuing the things that were making her happy and kind of returned to her disgruntled, you know, work life where Chris was like, you know, pursuing like his side of things. And maybe that was causing friction in the relationship. But all of this that I'm saying is that these are all like uh, inferences that I made. It's not outright said by the game. I think that's both a positive and a negative because like you said, on on the one end of the spectrum, you want to know what the game is trying to say with this. You you want that thesis. But on the other end, it's kind of nice to just like sit down and like just really think about what the game is saying or even think about these scenes and like kind of like ensure there's some amount of like projection that goes into this. 
but um, I would be interested to hear what other people are pulling from these scenes. I think that that's a really great perspective, and I'm really glad that you um, laid it out that way. You, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, something that I was thinking about while uh, playing this game is, is something I think I've talked about on this uh, episode, on this podcast before. Um, you know, for relationships to you know be successful and, and good for both partners, uh, it requires both partners to give sixty percent. Like no one can be at fifty percent and it be a um, you know happy relationship uh, for everyone. Um, I found myself kind of wondering, and I was I was going to ask you, like you know, uh, I really want to know what caused the breakup um, because it's not actually said what the actual like uh, break was, but um, I think it might just be that. I think it's just an example of a mix, a mismatch of what each person was putting into the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think it was a point in your life type thing too, because I think a, a lot of, uh, whenever you hear people break up, uh, a common thing you'll hear is like, we're just in different places in our lives right now. Mm-hmm. And while I used to kind of scoff that reasoning, this game kind of highlights why it's a valid reason. If the Florence, maybe this relationship would have worked out differently if the Florence at the end of the game had met the Krish at the middle of the game where they were both actively pursuing something that they were happy about, you know? Yeah. And the, cause I mean, it, your state of mind influences how you handle things and if you're at work all day like Florence is and are miserable at your day job and not really pursuing your per- like your personal passions, it, it'll affect how you come home and speak to that other person. And, and again, these are all just these are all things I'm drawing from what we saw in the game. And for me, like I think the reason why the game is called Florence and not Krish is because this is about Florence's growth, in my yeah. opinion. And Absolutely. I think that that's how this this relationship helped her finish growing in the last act of the game. Yeah, yeah, again, again, it's um, like the relationship is a part of Florence's story. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, it had, um, I, I finished the game after playing the beginning um, a while before. Um, I, I kind of wish, I never got the opportunity to, but I kind of wish I could have played the game from start to finish in one sitting. Um, because I do remember parts of the beginning really focusing on Florence's rut at the beginning of mm-hmm. you know of the story before she meets Krish. And yeah, I think I think that that kind of highlights that the story is uh about more than just uh the more than just the relationship. Um I do kind of like the idea of the um the actual relationship part being as bare bones and you know like detailless as it mm-hmm. is because it does allow you to more easily project your own feelings about relationships and like your own relationships uh, uh, onto that um, to kind of make it more impactful, you know, Um, because Mm -hmm. you can kind of insert yourself a little bit more into the story because I think we've all kind of um, had situations, you know, um, you know, where, you know, bad fights and relationships or, you know, uh, you know, meet cutes or, you know, the excitement of like, you know, um, taking a step forward, like moving in or like becoming more serious. Um, But that does kind of hamper the ability to actually be invested in Florence's story specifically. So um, again, another little split there. Yeah, and I think this is a good point to kind of move into the gameplay portion because I think in terms of like talking about problems with experiencing Florence's story, that we we have something that I feel is like not a 50-50 split, but maybe like a 70-30 split in terms of like mini game effectiveness in the gameplay portion. 
Sure. Um, yeah, yes. Yes. And this this is another like huge part of the game is these WarioWare type uh, mini games. Uh, just just as a as a quick you know rundown here, as you're playing the story, um, you know, as you're, as you're going through Florence's life, you'll often do little movement uh, mini games to kind of illustrate what she's going through. You know, there's a little like matching game, you know, to illustrate her, um, uh, you know, her accounting job, and then like you can like eat food and like brush her teeth. Uh, once you get into the relationship, you can like swipe a piece of paper to like draw a picture of Krish, or you can um, uh, like uh, fan out a, um, a Polaroid to like see uh, you know parts of their you know dating life. Um, so so that's the kind of interaction you'll be doing as you play this game. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Some some of them worked better than others. So so what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I, I want to hit on the ones that I didn't think worked at first because I think the ones that do work I want to highlight more. Uh, I, I don't want to like choose to like um, you know be more positive about the game, but I do feel much more strongly about the ones that worked. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. yeah, so like the ones that did not work for me, um, I, I, I guess they're the mini games where they kind of give the illusion of choice, but they didn't really have much of a bearing on the game. Uh, the, the one that comes to mind the most is like, you know, choosing what you're moving in and putting in storage whenever Krish and uh, Florence move in together. Um, that that part of the game, like the, the more I thought about it, the more I wanted it to greatly impact something. I don't know. Like I, I just wanted it was a mini game that kind of like didn't have any it didn't add any consequence or and in the moment i felt like oh this is big you know like i am choosing what things in florence's life or in krish's life that they have to give up to be together um but it just didn't pan out that way um there's a short like kind of like section where you kind of go back over it and everything's in black and white and it's kind of hard to remember who's is who's and you're just it's like illustrating that you're breaking the life up that they shared you know but uh, I just it didn't it wasn't as effective to me as I think as, as it should have been. I, like it's one of those things where it's like I wanted more from some of the mini games like that. Oh, that's very interesting because I actually really liked that one. Um, I, I I would put that in my category of one of the most uh, narratively impactful uh, mini games. But that, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I'm sure there's some that I didn't really care for that you. Uh, really liked uh, maybe that's a good thing you know that there, there's yeah. a, a smattering of uh, uh, d- games that are going to kind of speak to to different people um, yeah that's very interesting were there any others that you um, just didn't think hit the mark though so like the uh, monotony of the job like kind of mashing the numbers and stuff like that was just a very like non it, I don't think it's supposed to be challenging because I think that's the point of that scene is to illustrate that she's doing something that's just kind of like drone work but again, it was something else that we kind of just like infer from her miserable face sitting in front of her desk. You know, that one almost seemed like a like uh, it, it was a little uninspired and like didn't really, you know, again, didn't really add too much to the scene that we were already inferring from just from her body language and miserable face. You know, sure. Yeah, that that, make, that makes sense. I, I think I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah. So what about you? Did you have any that you weren't so hot on? Um, none. none uh, I would categorize my I don't really have any examples like maybe brushing teeth. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, wasn't really um, that good. Uh, turning the clock um, to illustrate passage of time uh, kind of seemed a little bit like busy work. Um, yeah, I would split it up as probably the mini games were about a third of busy work. A third of them were, were fairly engaging, you know, kind of just, you know, were, were keeping me invested in the story. And about a third of them I thought were very clever and narratively impactful. There were a few of them where I, I like clearly knew like what the joke, uh, not joke, but knew what like the point was with the joke of them. 
them uh, quote to, uh, is um but just doing them it didn't they were so impactful that doing them uh like was still it was still impactful to to do them yeah and just to kind of highlight the impactful stuff i i think this is where like florence excels um mm-hmm. the one that i think uh, i think we could probably all unanimously agree upon as like being just a massive success in this game uh, and you know if you disagree we'll feel free to i just like I, I this is really one that i find hard to like dislike it's the conversation bubbles oh yes um, i was going to highlight that yes yeah, illustrating how they're growing closer by their conversation puzzles being like basically what how this works is you get these little bubbles that pop up onto the screen and you kind of have you have these like bubble like these little puzzle pieces that you have to fit into the to the bubble to make a, a successful conversation. But as they grow closer together, it becomes easier and easier to for them to con- converse until you're just filling the bubble with one big blob. Mm-hmm. But where they really like pulled it out and where this mini game really like hit me was during like the arguments when you're trying to piece together like a retort. And then it's like very aggressive how they're coming back and forth at each other. And like, like for me, I like as Florence, I was trying not to make the conversation too one-sided because like, you're like, I think the game wants to kind of illustrate like, Oh, are you trying to win the argument? You know? And you can like kind of really like stack up on Krish and like get a bunch of responses in and, your responses take on more pointed shapes and stuff. And and it becomes harder to conver- to have a conversation with him as things kind of fall apart between them. And it's beautiful. That's very interesting. Uh, I, I know what part you're talking about. I didn't really even think about what Chris was doing at that time. Like it, cause it gave you the bubble and I just mm-hmm. kept, I just kept putting the bubble in there in the thing because that's why I thought you were supposed to do. I didn't realize that was, I was supposed to be interacting with Chris. Um, no, no, no. Krish, Krish is also forming bubbles uh, during the argument. And if you let him respond more, your side of the screen will grow smaller and you'll kind of shrink. But if you make more, his side will grow smaller and he will shrink. And, or you can kind of keep things even. Oh, that's 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 really cool. I kind of wish I knew that that was an option to see um, because, you know, I, I, that may be just an issue with WarioWare type, um, you know, mini games mm-hmm. is you're kind of incentivized. Like when you see mini games like that, you kind of are incentivized. Do them as quickly as possible because that's normally yes. what you want to do. Right. Um, so I didn't even think beyond just it gives you the bubble you're supposed to do this as soon as possible so yeah i I felt like yeah i'm really glad you mentioned that because that's a whole part of the story that i missed there yeah yeah and it's a really important part too because i think that that's why they chose that mini game for that segment because you're like oh yeah i want to put these together as quick as possible that's the game right well it's coming at the cost of like you're taking over the conversation and running him into the ground you know and it's it's like a weird, like it, it, like it, like doesn't work on a level, but then it does because it's just like it, whenever you think back, it illustrates that like what an argument is, you know. For, and, for sure, yeah, yeah. I I love that they've done something like that. Yeah, I just wish that they could have like maybe clued you in, like, hey, you know, you brought your attention wanna, to it more. Yeah, you may you may want to like think about how you're doing this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then like you know, I, I, the conversation bubbles were something that I just think about. Like, like I noticed something a little bit different about them each time I've played, like both the times that I played the game is just, they're just, they're very well done. And it almost feels like that was the part of the game that the game was conceptualized on almost. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. I was really blown away by the fact that in an argument, the, um, you know, puzzle, like, um, I don't know what you call them, nubs, uh, became mm-hmm. sharper. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I felt that th- in terms of like uh, narratively impactful, I thought that that was a really nice touch. And one of those moments where I like was most invested into the story. 
Yeah. And so did you have any others that you liked before we move on to uh, the next little bit of this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, decorating the home and then uh, again, de-decorating the home after they broke up, I, I felt was was really cool. Um, I actually kind of like that I could take items that weren't uh, that I didn't initially place. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a pretty interesting commentary on like the politics of what happens in a uh, breakup. Not to get too that, per- not to get too personal here, but you know I've had a really bad breakup uh, in my life. You know, a very long term relationship that kind of imploded and you know wasn't really great for either party. And I remember kind of those you know kind of backhanded politics, like you know, like who keeps what, you know, like how how do we how do we separate our lives? Um, so I thought that was a great commentary on that, even though it was very subtle. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, it, it's like kind of like an almost like, you know, who even belongs, what even belongs to who at this point? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so I love that. Um, put, I mentioned putting the photo in the box at the end. Um, that mm-hmm. w- that wasn't really a game, but just the fact that I physically took the picture and, um, uh, you know, put it into the box. I remember seeing the photo and thinking Florence should keep that. You know, she should, you know, um, she should grow to be, the person who can look back on that relationship and think of it as a good thing that happened to her, uh, even though it kind of imploded. The fact that I, you know, was able to put that into the box was really um, striking. It, it really, it really kind of um, uh, sold the ending of it. Um, and, and another one, real quick, is uh, and, and this is an example of like I knew exactly what was going to happen as soon as I saw the puzzle, but it didn't hurt the impactfulness of it. Um, at the end, like um, during the breakup, when they're laying in bed and they're not facing each other, and it's like a puzzle, Oof. and you're yeah, you're supposed to, you're supposed to create Chris and then create Florence, and you like okay, I know I'm gonna make each each of these people, and then they're not gonna fit together. But uh, you know, so so like you know, it doesn't create it, it's still two photos, and, you know, it doesn't become one. Even though I saw that from a mile away, just seeing it happen uh, was still really um, uh, impactful. Yeah, very good. Very, very well done in that regard. And I think that um, one of right, one of the wins for this game, too, is just like the mini games where you just like literally couldn't win. Um, one of them was uh, the one where uh, like, like similar to the puzzle you're talking about where you just couldn't solve it all the way. The the puzzle of the picture of the two of them um, where they're holding each other. And as you're trying to put them put the puzzle together the pieces are kind of falling back back apart again it's like things that are so far gone now that no matter how hard you try you're just not going to be able to piece the piece it back together too much damage was done you know? yeah, yeah that that one was interesting i felt that one was a little too on the nose you know uh it, it was a little too kind of like not um uh, not subtle enough, but um, no, no, I, I definitely see what they were going for. And when, w- once I understood what was going on, I was like, yeah, I understand what this was trying to say about the about the story. Yeah, for sure. I guess from there, is there anything else you want to talk about, Florence, before we get into quick hints? Um, yeah. Uh, again, I would like to um, reiterate, I, I like this game. Um, I, I, I wish that there was a, a bit more detail, um, but I, I like what it had to say. I liked um, how Florence was able to grow um, at the end of the story. Um, oh, we should probably highlight, I meant to m- mention this earlier. Um, I When I played the game the first time, I kind of assumed that Florence was a real person. You know, um, mm. ki- kind of like one of those um, comic books you see where like it's um, autobiographical and they talk about a problem that they had in their life. And it always ends like, you know, and then my problem like, you know, um, 
you know, went away for better or worse. And then I grew as a person. Then I became a great uh, artist. I was able to create this book. Um, I've read a couple of things like that. And I was actually kind of surprised to find out that uh, Florence is fictional, um, you know, that it's um, this is not like the artist uh, or something like that. Um, I, I felt that it actually kind of made the points that the game made a bit more. Um, I, I feel like the thesis of this game is like, um, it's more uh, thoughtful, I, I think is, is a good term, knowing that it's a story that people wanted to tell instead of like an autobiographical thing. Um, maybe I should think about why I feel that way a little bit more, but um, that was surprising. I, I did play thinking that Florence was like the creator of the game. Well, I think it's, I think I can uh, relate to the feeling you're having because I think it comes off as more earnest whenever it's something that you're like, hey, I'm going to devote time, money, and effort to this project. And you, you just really want to tell this story about this particular relationship. I don't know. It's just a very nice thing to have people devoting time to something that we can all relate to, but isn't necessarily like specific to themselves. Yeah, you're nailing it. I, I yeah, I think that that's exactly hitting how I'm feeling. It, it's um, yeah, it's it's um, okay. Maybe I should stop trying to uh put this in the words. Oh, w- one other thing I want to say real quick. Um, I I like the story. I would like to see these kind of mini game, like the mini game concept of like uh, becoming more invested in a story and these mini games being, um, you know, narratively impactful. I would like to see this type of, um, you know, like mini game narrative gameplay applied to a game with a bit more bite, uh, you know, more, um, more story, more detail, um, you know, like, so take what this game did and then put it towards something that's a bit more, um, uh, substantial substantial crunchy you know um so so i hope that maybe they could you know the the studio the director could iterate on this and create something that this is like a good base work for and then create something like an Edith Finch, something that has a lot more going on and something you can really delve into yeah and, and i think you're kind of hitting on a conversation point we'll be getting into in a little bit which is the reception to this game but uh, I guess left from here, you let's hop into some quick hits. All right, okay, yeah, let's 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 uh let's get to the quick hits. All right, so our first one, uh, do you like how this game approached? Uh, I mean, I think we're both going to answer this pretty similarly, but do you do you feel like the format of the delivery of this story and message was effective? I think so. Um, for for what they were trying to say, um, I do think that this was a a, a good format, um, and probably. They, they could have done a couple of different things uh, things differently. But overall, I think for what they were trying to do, this was pretty close to the right game for that. Yeah, it didn't. So the, the thing I asked myself whenever I finished this was like, why did they do it this way? Could this story have been told differently? And I think that in the way that they told it, n- no, because like they, they did integrate the story into the to the uh, mini games and like just a a lot of you like interacting with it. Like a lot of the emotions are like a a kind of like done up by us, like performing these actions, Mm -hmm. which I think is where it makes it a little bit more into the category of being hard to replicate. Um, You would have to do other things to bridge those gaps. Like, you know, add more dialogue if it were a movie or a book or something else. Um, and, And I think that that's where I see it as an effective format. No, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, as much as I as much as I'd like to see changes to this game, I understand that those changes make this a very different game. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, and I think you already answered our second one. Like you want to see similar games to this, right? Yeah. Yes. With more detail, more story, more narrative, uh, something. Hey, l- let's be honest. Uh, Moby Dick, uh, War and Peace. People love these. Oh, uh, any uh, Game of Thrones, anything by Brandon Sanderson. People love like this really deep, um, uh, immersive world building and character development. There's a reason that like you know we we love huge sweeping narratives like this is because they're engaging so i think that you could um you know add a lot more detail but still keep these um you know uh, the the mini game aspect to it and uh, still tell a very engaging story yeah okay I, my, my answer is also on the same note like i lo- i love the WarioWare games like you know smooth moves and stuff like that um it, you know tristan and my girlfriend likes them as well it's just a fun video game format. They have like a, like a like a mishmash of like different mini games and like using them to tell stories. I think is like a really like fun uh, solution in like the video game world because it does kind of change what kind of like visual novels you can create mm-hmm. um, by like by using these small things to create interaction and to like elicit emotion. It's 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 a nice it's a really nice thought and I, it made me want to see more things that are like taking this approach for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so big question. This is kind of open to can of worms here because this is like kind of at the roots of a lot of the discourse for this game. Uh, was Florence too short? No, I don't think so. Uh, again, like, like I said, this was the game that they needed to make to tell the story that they wanted to. And let's also be honest. This is a, um, you know, this is a mobile game. You're supposed to be able to play this in short bursts, uh, you know, while you're on the bus or or something like that. Um, I know it's I, I know it's short to get through, but, you know, it, this is a game that really benefits from you like um, stewing in it, like, uh, you know, really thinking about what the, the game is um you know, try, trying to say, trying to tell you. Um, so yeah, you could just breeze through this, but like, I would not tell anybody if I was going to recommend this to somebody, I would tell them, you know, Hey, make sure you're spending time really absorbing as much as you can from this because it's a much better experience. So no, I, I, I would say it's actually the exact right size that needs to be, especially with it being a mobile game. Yeah, I hate to create an, an opinion bubble here. I really wish that I could have a different opinion on this, but I feel very much the same as you. Like, um, So just to kind of give a little bit of background, when this game came out, a lot of people just didn't like this game because it felt like, uh, oh, I beat this game in 30 minutes. Uh, I paid money for this. Yep. There's not really any value in going back and replaying this. Is that okay? And it's like, yeah, I, I think it is. Like, um, Art, you know, the subjective art form, the thing we've talked about before is that like, whenever an artist is trying to say something, this is why we depend on reviews and stuff like that. And why we depend on pretentious podcasts like ours um, is that you should always seek out opinions before you go into something new. Mm. And one thing that everyone will say when talking about Florence is that it is a short game. It is quick, but it is effective in its messaging. I think anyways. Um, and uh, th- there has always just been like a little bit of like a, like a, especially in comparison to monument valley which is a much more like substantial game like there's more in it um and there's more time that you'll spend playing it Uh, a lot of people kind of saw this as disappointing because you know you're waiting for this person's next game it comes out and you beat it in a half hour and it's done um Mm. but i think that's more our fault in how we approach media than it is the artists do you think that that concern would even be a talking point if this game was free i 
that that's tough because then like maybe not um but i i think that especially like on indie games like this it's hard for me to ever argue for it to be free because like sure while your engagement might go up these indie companies that they are much more dependent on on hard income than someone like um i guess like uh, epic for like apex legends because you're getting like ad space for those games you know where for this game it's a 30 minute narrative driven game i it's really hard to work ads into its monetization or like it's hard to like get streamers on and playing it for a long amount of time you know it like it, it like it being a free game i think would actually hurt it in terms of or hurt the developers more than it would help them personally yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, this is not a game you can monetize in any other way than just charging for it. Yes. And uh, I think the world is a better place for having this game in it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think I think this is a game I would say is worth the price of admission. And honestly, for games like this, we should kind of be more willing to pay for these kinds of experiences because paying for them is what is what allows stuff like this to exist, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Whenever a big AAA studio that has the ability to market their Fortnites or Apex Legends or Rocket Leagues or whatever, like, you know, whenever they whenever they um, are like having their stuff or, or having like monster featured inside of their game or something like that, they're getting mm-hmm. a lot of money from that deal. Whenever a streamer plays their game for six hours straight, that's how they get it. it like, w- I think there is a price if you want artful, thoughtful experiences. I think we, we do have to kind of like reconcile with the fact that like hey some good things will need to be paid for if we want them to exist i agree with you sure and, and for and uh, okay may, maybe this is my controversial opinion for for the day four dollars for a like 45 minute to an hour um you know narrative experience is is worth it you know it's like yeah. you know yeah, compare compare that to all the other things that you buy uh and i think that four dollars is absolutely worth the price of admission for this story yeah, I hate to uh, bring up the cup of coffee argument because sometimes, you know, coffee can be a little bit cheaper, a little bit more or whatever. But this really is like this will last you longer than the four dollars for a cup of coffee will. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth your time. OK, yeah, yeah I think I think that's I think that's all I've, I've got to say. Thank you for this exhortation. Um, uh, I, I really appreciate that you're willing to share these uh, really uh, uh, engaging narrative experiences with me. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I know this is two back-to-back um, like mobile games or games that started as mobile games in the case of Sorcery, but you know this is just where my mind's been at. Um, yeah, no. I think my next one after our next couple of episodes is going to be a little bit more off of the. Uh, well, a little bit more out of the way in terms of the, what I've been bringing to the table. Sure, yeah, not to talk about the show on the show, but I I, lo- I love the idea of this being just kind of a record of like where we're both at in terms of our um you know um game gaming uh, experience and uh, you know where where we're at on movies and TV. So I'm totally fine with that. And somebody somebody has to balance out the go to duties that someone is bringing to the show. I'm telling you, man. It, like I'm doing everything I can to hold the ship up. You know, like you bring in your. Uh, your uh, your waifu stuff and your uh, your go to duties is like it's really it's really tough to keep us going, but we're gonna get there. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely bringing the trash to to this <laughs> podcast. But speaking of trash, uh, we are not going to be talking about trash next episode. Jordan, I think it's time. Uh, w- would you say we kept you waiting? Uh, we may have been keeping the dandy dogs waiting. 
I don't, if you've listened to this uh, podcast, I don't think it's any secret that Jordan and I are both huge Metal Gear fans. Uh, Jordan, on a scale of one to 10, how much of a Metal Gear fan are you? I would say like a hard 10, maybe 11. Um, formative video game series for me, one that I've played since my like, uh, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll mention this here in a moment whenever we show our hand, but I've been playing since the GameCube era. I love love this series to death. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, me too. I, I'm at like a 9.99999. Uh, we love Metal Gear, and hey, we have a platform. So we um, want to do a big exhortation on Metal Gear. Uh, and st- we're going to start with, of course, the one that almost everyone starts with, Metal Gear Solid. Ne- next week, we are starting our deep dive into the Metal Gear series with the first game, the, the one that almost everyone starts with, Metal Gear Solid. And we're, we are um, exploring everything about this game. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the gameplay, on the story, um, how it influenced us as um, you know people and uh, uh, gamers, uh, so to speak. And uh, I, I think that both of us are going to have a lot to say about this um, uh, milestone of gaming are you are you ready to hear the most controversial thing that i could possibly say in regards to this game yes i've never played the original playstation one version of metal gear solid really wow the version i played was the gamecube remake oh twin snakes yeah yeah oh yeah oh that is so interesting yeah that because i'm a i'm a little bit on the like the younger spectrum in terms of like gaming like my first console was you know uh, i got a i got an xbox and a gamecube around the same time Oh yeah, for sure. Damn, man, that is so interesting. So, um, I guess the plan is for you to play the original PlayStation one uh, before our, our episode, right? Yeah. So I'm actually going to be playing. Uh, Good old games actually has the uh, PlayStation version up on uh, their site, so I'll be playing it on my PC. But I'm going to be trying to play it with the PlayStation controller. Okay, that, doing my best. Okay, that's that's great. That's great. Well, I think um, yeah, we can definitely next episode talk about the differences between um uh the original playstation then the gamecube remake i'm sure you'll have i have some thoughts about that i'm sure you do too but yes Yes. join us next episode for something we that's been in the works for a while um but we are going to start off a series on metal gear and everything we love uh some things we don't and uh you know what it means to us so join us for that it's going to be a really great time yeah, yeah. So just to just to like you know make a clarify things. This is part one of a multi-part Metal Gear Solid discussion. We're covering Metal Gear Solid One. Uh, part two will be Metal Gear Solid Two, and that is off in the indeterminate future. It will happen one day, but for now, we're going to be covering Metal Gear Solid. I can't stay away from Go to Duty too much. I can't be playing Metal Gear Solid for like a year straight. Yeah, yeah. I can't be doing that. We 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 do have other trash, uh, you know, like free freeware games that we got to hit up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so join us for that next episode. It's going to be, it's going to be bigger. It's, I'm sure it's going to be like our biggest, most in-depth episode we've done uh, so far. I know I have like pages and pages of stuff I want to say about this game. Um, so it'll, it'll be a good time. And then uh, normal exhortations will resume afterwards. But um, how do you feel about going into the back matter? Uh, let's do that. You, you kick us off, Will. I know you said you kept your back matter secret from me. Well, okay. So, so um, as I mentioned before, you know, we um, you know stepped away from the the podcast for a bit, but um, I am now on summer break, baby. That's right. Hey, boy. I have been uh, I, I've been um, uh, ears deep in the to school work for a while, and I'm finally out of it. So now, the one thing that all that's on my mind right now is taking stuff, uh, taking 
taking stock of all the stuff I want to accomplish over the summer. Um, I got to get into Death Stranding. Resident Evil 8 coming mm. out. I've got Gundam I want to put together. Um, there's all sorts of anime I want to watch. So right now I am just shaking at the possibilities of the stuff that I can get into over the summer. And that's pretty much um, all I've been doing is trying to kind of write down all the things I want to focus on and come up with a plan uh, for what I want to focus on. Yeah, and as far as the podcast goes, we have some, you know, maybe some special stuff brewing. We're still kind of working it out in the background, but hopefully we'll have more to say about that on the next episode. Sure, yeah. I'm very interested in hearing what you've been up to um, since our little quasi-break. Okay, so for me, uh, since we last recorded this podcast, Monster Hunter Rise has come out. Mm -hmm. um, And this is a Monster Hunter household. Tristan and I (laughs) are very much that's our that's our kind of like shared game when a new monster hunter comes out we, we jam together um and that, that we've been doing that since the monster hunter for you days on the 3ds so you know we played through generations some of worlds we, we had a hard time with that being on playstation as opposed to a nintendo console and uh now, now we're going real hard on uh uh on rise which is like it's kind of uh influenced heavily by Japanese culture uh, where the previous games have been this weird, like kind of European mishmash, uh, maybe like, you know, kind of like a, uh, like a, like a African, African kind of influence. This one is like all into like katanas and samurai gear and like uh, very like uh, Japanese influence, like uh, artistry. It's, uh, it's great. Um, I've always loved the monster hunter series. It's introduced a lot of quality of life improvements, like uh, to movement and traversing the environment that have, made this probably my favorite monster hunter so far that's very interesting i haven't played any monster hunters so um, i actually have very little idea of what this game actually is it's the like go deep game of go deep games like uh you know i i put it up there with dark souls in terms of like hey you can play this game casually but if you decide that you want to like go hard there's almost an endless like pool of like flexibility and options and like it's it's a very like this like you are playing one game sort of game you know okay yeah that, that seems very interesting i'm looking forward to hearing um uh your thoughts on rise once you're um completely through it uh, alternatively i just wrapped up the berserk manga oh I, uh, yeah yeah uh that one was really tough to finish i'm gonna say uh for good reasons it, it was uh, so it's not done, which is frustrating. Um, it's been on a slight hiatus for some time now. Uh, and they, I don't know when the next, uh, volume is supposed to release or like the next issue is, but, uh, it's been incredible to say the least. All, all the hype that was leveled at that series, um, after having read through it all, I, I would say is deserved. It is very good. And I'm, I'm sad that there's not more of it out, even though it's a 20 year old manga. Mm, yeah, yeah. There are a couple of those uh, mangas that started a while back and have been going and going and they're technically still ongoing, but like they're these huge hiatuses. So they're kind of it's like a real treat for the fans when a new um, chapter drops uh, because it's so few and far between. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is that this is a really old manga, but there aren't that many volumes mm. uh, for for as long as it's been around there. There's only like 40. That's very like, interesting. For, for, yeah, for something to have been around for 20 years and to have in like to be so influential to have to be such a like you can get through that series fast. And like I was 
very sad whenever I brought it to it, like got reached the last one. Cause there's a lot of unresolved stuff in that story. And I hope that they do finish it. I hope this isn't one of those that they take to the grave. Yeah. But, um, it sounds like it might be a game of Thrones situation where uh, oh, I have God. very low hopes for ever getting the next book. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I, I have high hopes, but my, my expectations are that my heart will probably be broken, but I, I would also recommend reading it with the caveat that, yeah, you're not going to get resolution to the main storyline. I, I, but I think that does it for me for back matter this week. Uh, we got some other stuff to talk about in the future and we're going to be hitting on it as we go, but for next time it's going to be metal gear solid. Will, is there anything else you want to go over before we head out? No, no, I, I think that's it. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of disdain. These, it really does mean the world to us. Um, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you know, we'd really appreciate a, a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, so, you know, think about that if you'd like to, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, give us a subscribe. Uh, you like the, like, like the video hit the bell icon if you want the notifications and leave a comment that makes us so so happy uh you can follow out jordan on twitter at action pancake uh, i'm at agro rhetoric on twitter and we would love it if you would follow along with our exhortations and stay up to date on all the latest disc dandies excitement at disc dandies pod join us here next episode for another spin with the disc dandy thanks guys bye later